הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכנע הפך קדוש משבר את המה ובפרט רבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו רם נחן נובע מכוח חוכמה רבנו נחן ופגי בן שמחה נענח נחמן נחן ואומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן זו ברוך השם today we start תורה י"ב בליקוטי מוהרן תניאנה one of the most fundamental תורות in all of ליקוטי מוהרן the top two this and אז אמרה תורה lesson uh, 282 of the first volume. Um, so this lesson stands right next to that lesson and is, um, is in the terms of Rabbi Yatan, like the best friend of that lesson. That these two lessons are supposed to keep a person up during his lifetime to help a person encourage himself in Avodat Hashem. This is the ultimate lesson of Chizuk and encouragement. As we're going to see here, the awesome pieces of advice Rabbeinu gives us, um, especially on how to act whenever we descend, um, whenever we fall in Avodat Hashem and we fall in serving God and we go through all the, the descents in this world. Um, Rabbeinu gives us the advice and the tools on how to navigate um, this journey. And it's a, it's a very special lesson. Pay very close attention. And um, this lesson tells us a very deep story. Adam When a person goes after his intellect and his wisdom, he follows his own mind and his own knowledge. He's able to fall into great mistakes and he's able to stumble very greatly. It's possible that he comes to, to very great evils, God forbid, that he can do very evil things with his own wisdoms. There are those who have damaged very greatly. like the very famous wicked people, that they misled the world, and we can bring many examples. Rabban was saying that the only reason why they had the ability to mislead the entire world and how they had so much influence was because they followed their own wisdom and their own intellects. They relied upon their own knowledge. And underline this, put an asterisk behind this, um, because this is, is key. The essence of Judaism is only to go in simplicity and wholesomeness. Without any wisdoms. To look and pay attention to, at everything that you're doing. That everything you're doing should have God present within it. Not to pay attention at all upon your own honor. Do not care about your own honor. The only way to determine whether you should do something or not do something is that only if there's the honor of God within it, do it. And if the, God of, and if the honor of God is not there, do not do it. It's that simple. If you want to know whether to do something or not, ask yourself if God is going to be there with you or not. If God wants this or not. If God's honor is there or not. And um, if it isn't, then don't do it. If it is, then proceed. And then it is certain you will not stumble forever. And even if you fall, and this is key by the way, Rabbanu is explaining to us, and this is going to be the key for the, the rest of the lesson, this line right here. And even if a person falls, God forbid, he falls into doubts. And there are those who fall very, very greatly. Meaning there are those who fall even lower than these doubts. May God spare us. They fall into immoral thoughts and doubts. And they still fall. And Rabbanu is saying there are men, those who fall even, even lower than this. But 
those who fall, but they still think about God, they are still trying to find Hashem, meaning that they are const- their mind is constantly running into where is God, they are constantly trying to find Hashem. Rabbanu says, nevertheless, even if you fall, the fall and the descent is for the purpose of the ascent. Rabbanu is teaching us the key. That if a person falls in Avodat Hashem, and if a person falls into whatever the fall is, it could be anything, but as long as you're, you are constantly wanting to do that which is good, it's just you couldn't help yourself, or you couldn't do this or that, and you ended up falling, but your mind is still running, and is still processing the idea of how to find Hashem Bach, and you're, that you want this, you're longing after God, the fall is for the purpose of the ascent. Rabban was saying that actually the fall is for the greater good of the rising after that you can only rise if you fall first. And Rabban was teaching us a key to life right now, the key to life, because we all go through falls. But he's teaching us how to understand, how to behave when we fall. And it means to constantly search after God. That even if you fall, it still means to search. And if, as long as you continue searching, you will turn that fall into an ascent. You will turn that um, sin into a merit. Hida, because no, kishoresh kol kavod. Now Rabbeinu is going to expand. Rabbeinu is going to explain. The root of all creation is honor, is glory. Because everything God created was only for His glory. He created it only for His glory. This is brought down in, uh, in the verse in uh, <clears throat> Yeshaya, I believe. Anything which is called after my name, for my glory I created it. Etc., etc. At the bottom of the Gemara, Yoma, page 38, that this teaches us that everything Hashem created was with Kavod. And because everything was created for the sake of God's glory, we see that God's glory is the root of all creation. Even though everything is one, even though everything is considered one because Hashem created everything and God is, in, is one. So everything is technically one. Nonetheless, Rabban was saying there's divisions within creation. And each and every division and portion of creation has a specific and unique honor that is associated with it. And that honor, that unique honor, is the root of that division. We're going to see how many divisions and how many types of honor. And this is what is brought down in With ten sayings, the world was created. So what does it say in Pekavot? Couldn't have God created the world? Couldn't God have created the world with one saying? Why didn't He eat ten? Rather, for the sake of reward and punishment, God created ten sayings. And Rabbeinu expands. Each and every saying has a specific honor, specific glory associated with it, which is the root of that saying. Because as we said above, kavod glory is the root of everything. So even this ten sayings with which God created the world has its root. And what is the root? It's glory. And this is what it's in Tehidim, chapter 29. And in God's chamber, every um, everyone proclaims kavod, glory. What does that mean? Kulo omer kavod, meaning shebechol ma'amar, meaning within every saying. Not omer, but kulo, shebechol ma'amar, kol ma'amar. 
כולו אומר שבכל מאמר מלובש בו כבודו יתברך. אבל אין כל סיינג שאלה קריאה את העולם יש a glory of God within, within each saying. That through that um, glory, the world was created. Meaning, each and every saying created a specific thing in the world, and there were ten sayings. So there's ten divisions, and each division, which was created by that saying, was actually essentially created by the root, which is glory. Because um, The entire earth was filled with God's glory. And even within sins and things that are evil, God forbid, that over there God's glory is not present. How do we prove this? God says, I will not give my glory to the other one. Acher means anything that is opposite um, His will. So all evil, all sins, etc. So God's glory does not reach there. That there's a limit to God's glory so that it should not reach that evil place. And even though we said in the verse that God's glory fills the entire earth, which would imply or seem that the glory fills even those filthy places, that the glory fills and um, enters even those filthy places, nonetheless, there's a limit and a boundary that the glory Um, can only reach to a certain place. So it, there's a boundary when it reaches those places, those filthy places that I cannot pass. That it should not go within those, those evil places. Because as we said in the verse, that God says, I will not give my glory to the other, to the akher, as we said above. So we see that there's a boundary separating the evil from the good in which the glory cannot surpass that boundary. So that it should not be given um, to that um, filthy place. And Rabbanu teaches us that there's a boundary and there's a limit to each and every glory. Each and every glory has a certain limit, some lower than others, and some can go further than others. So we see that there's a, glory to each and, there's a limit to each and every glory, each and every kavod. And we said there's ten types of uh, kavod for each of the ten sayings. So there's a limit to each and every glory that is encompassed and enclosed within each and every saying through which God created the world. Within each and every of the ten sayings. That there's a glory to each and every one of these, sorry, that there's a limit to each and every one of these divisions of kavod, that it should not spread to those uh, outside forces and it should not go to those places where those evil forces reside. So Rabbanu is teaching us that each and every kavod, within each and every one of those sayings, meaning those ten types of kavod, have each a certain limit in which it cannot surpass. Avada, however, no, Rabbanu says, know this. Nonetheless, it is certain that those filthy places also receive their life force from, from God, blessed be He. And even those filthy places those immoral places or those houses of idol worship, those being the worst places of all. They also need to receive life force from God. Rabban was explaining and setting us up for an awesome idea, Chidush, that mamash, until Rabbanu was, was in concealment. This Chidush, Rabbanu brought out and till today we sustain ourselves off this Chidush, of this novelty. Rabban was saying that even the filthiest of places must receive their life force and their vitality from God Himself. 
But those filthy places receive where? Where do they receive their life force? We know each and everything that was each and everything in the world was created with one of the ten sayings. Which means that that saying is in itself a life force because within the saying we have the glory of Hashem, and that glory provides life to that um, place which it's supposed to go to. So, let's say for example the saying of Vayhi uh, Oh, God said, there, there, "Let there be light." Yehi Oh, let there be light. Um, that there's a specific kavod within. There's a certain type of kavod that is associated with that saying of "Let there be light," and that kavod can only reach a certain place. And then each and every there's each and every kavod for all the other nine sayings, and um, they can only reach a certain place. But Rabbeinu is saying those filthy places, as we said above, it seems that there's no kavod that can go there because God said that I will not give my kavod to the other one. So who, what is bringing life force? Rabbeinu is asking. Rabbeinu is asking what is bringing life force to that filthy place? If we said above that um, that God cannot give His kavod over there, so Rabbeinu is saying that these filthy places receive their life force and their vitality from what we call the ma'amar satum, the hidden and concealed saying. There are ten sayings, right? And if you look in the Torah, and I'll, let me just finish off the line here, So these filthy places receive their life force from the concealed saying, which is what we call bereshit, which is the hidden saying, as it's brought down in, um, in the Zohar Kadosh, um, in the Gemara, uh, there's there's many different ideas here about this idea of Bereshit. That if you look in the Torah, that there are ten, ten times in the in the Sefer Bereshit where God said Vayomer, and God said Let there be light. God said, etc. 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 You know all these types of sayings, but there's only nine actually. If you take a if you take a quick uh, if you take a if you pay attention, you'll see only nine Vayomers. All these sort of things, these sayings which God created the world with, there's actually only nine. So what did it say in the Zohar Kadosh? That Bereshit is the tenth saying. The first word of the Torah is the tenth saying. And it's called the Ma'amar Satum. It's called the concealed saying. Because it's not an explicit saying. In it, with, hidden within the word Bereshit is this aspect of creation of this, this Amira, this saying that God created the world with. So actually... The saying which brings life force and vitality to all the filthy places is what we call Bereshit. Shehu kolel kol amarot and Bereshit encompasses all the other nine sayings. And all the other nine sayings receive their life force from the word Bereshit. And the glory that is present within this saying, this concealed saying of Bereshit, because we said each and every saying has a certain glory associated with it. So the kavod, the honor that is within the word Bereshit, is completely concealed and hidden with the utmost concealment. And it's from that kavod within the word Bereshit that all these filthy places receive their vitality. Because Rabban was explaining to us why is it so? Why does it take place like this? Rabban was saying, that because of the kavod and the sayings which are reveal, revealed, the other nine, etc., etc., all these vayomers, all these revealed sayings that we see and are explicit, they cannot bring life force to those filthy places. Because it says already in the, in the prophet that God said, I will not give my kavod to the other one. 
רק מאמר סתום. It is only from the concealed saying, שהוא נסתר בתכלית הסתרה, which is completely concealed in the utmost hiddenness. It is only from there, משם מקבלים חיות. It's only from that place where the evil forces can receive their life force. From, from that honor hidden within Bereshit, because it's an honor that you can't see. And this thing is impossible to understand. This way it works is impossible to understand, Haman was telling us. And it's forbidden to even think about this at all. Meaning to try to investigate and to, not, to understand what we're talking about here. Because we're talking about the greatest secrets. And therefore, when a person falls, God forbid. And this is what Haman was telling us. Because as we started before we got into this explanation of the root of all creation and glory and the ten sayings, etc. Abenu taught us that what? That as long as you're thinking and you're constantly searching after God, even if you fall, you can turn those falls into a sense. So look what Abenu is summarizing now and he's coming back full circle. Therefore, when a person falls, God forbid, the aspect of these places, these filthy places, these places of immorality or the houses of idol worship, God forbid. Meaning those filthy places. And let's say a person falls into the ultimate doubts and immoral thoughts and confusions, great confusions. <clears throat> meaning all these falls, all these, all these aspects, all these details that Rabbanu is explaining are all falls, doubts, lack of clarity. All of this stuff are all descents. These are all descents. When a person falls into these places, whatever the place is, and he begins to look at himself, and he begins to have self-awareness and consciousness, and he sees that he's far from God's glory, and he asks, and he's seeking out from that dark place, and this is where the lesson we get, this is where we get the name of this lesson, where is the glory of God, blessed be He? If you ask from that filthy place, where is God's glory? As brought down in uh, the tefillah of Musaf, in the silent prayer of Musaf that we say every Shabbat. Where is the place of God's glory? If you ask that from that filthy place in which you fall, because of the fact that you see you yourself are far from God's glory, because you recognize that you fall into these filthy places, May God spare us. The fact that you ask where is God from that filthy place, Rabban was teaching us that is the essential rectification and the ascent. Rabban was telling us that how do we ascend? It's to be sincere and honest from that dark place and to really long for God from there. And there's many, many allusions to, to the story of the lost princess, um, I, I really recommend going to look at that story because there's lots and lots of ideas that are very connected. Rabban was teaching us that when we fall to those places and you are aware of it, so that you should ask, where is Hashem? From that place, that is the essential rectification. That's how you turn this fall into the ascent. This is whenever the fall turns into the purpose of the ascent. As it's brought in the books, in the Holy Sfarim. As born in the Tordot Yaakov Yosef in the Haktama. Ki aye mekom kevodo. Because Rabban was teaching us. Aye mekom kevodo. Where is God's glory? Where is the place of God's glory? When you ask, where is Hashem? 
This is the supernal glory of the supernal saying that we talked about a Bereshit. When you say Ayeh Mekom Kevodor Rabbeinu teaching us, what is that glory called? It's called Ayeh. That glory present within the word Bereshit Ma'amar Satum that is present within Bereshit, the concealed saying. That glory is called Ayeh. You can only tap into that glory when you fall into those low places. So that glory is called Ayeh. This is the supernal glory of that supernal saying, meaning the saying which we call Bereshit, which is concealed. That it's from that saying of Bereshit that life force is drawn to all those filthy places. Nimtza we find. We find the result of all this is that when you search and you seek out and you ask, where is God's glory? With this in itself, you literally return and you ascend up back to that supernal glory. Which is the aspect of Ayeh. Where? That from the, by virtue of its great concealment and its hiddenness, you actually bring life to those places. Look at the paradox that Rabbeinu is explaining, the beauty that Rabbeinu is teaching us. And now by the fact that you fall into that filthy place, and now that you ask, where is God's glory? By the fact that you ask that question, you return and you attach yourself to that supernal glory. And you bring life to your fall. You bring life to your descent. And you ascend with the utmost ascent. You are able to rise with the greatest ascent possible. Look what Rabbeinu is teaching us. How we can turn all our, all our descents, all our sins into merits. And it's through this idea. Never to give up searching. Never to give up truly, genuinely Searching for Hashem. And this is not an excuse for someone to say, let me go to those places, God forbid. Because for someone like that, as it brought down the Gemara, that um, Hashem, if, if someone says, I will go down to, the, to those filthy places and do tshuva later and return to God later, it says in the Gemara over there, that Hashem does not accept this person's tshuva. This is for someone who truly, truly is actually searching for God. But ends up falling because this is part of the way of life. But as long as he continues searching, he never gives up. And he's able to turn all those descents into ascents. And this is the aspect of the burnt offering. The korban ola. Which was meant to atone for the, um, the thoughts of the heart, the immoral thoughts of the heart. In the Midrash. That which rises up, um, up into your spirit. That which arises into your spirit is brought down in the verse in Yechezkel chapter 20 verse 32 over there. Now what did it say in the Midrash? That the burnt offering, the Ha'olah, this burnt offering, this korban, this sacrifice, it, it, uh, it atones for thoughts. Because there's the aspect of what is brought down in Tehidim chapter 38. My heart is dazed or surrounded. What did that mean? Because Rabban was teaching us. There is a klipa. There is a husk. An evil force. Which distorts and surrounds the heart with crookedness and, uh, and with great confusions. 
This is what we call klipat noga. The the husk which is called noga glow. It's it is the it is the the shell between holiness and impurity. It is the shell that is half good, half half uh, evil, and it is the level that separates holiness and impurity. And this is why it says, My heart is dazed. Why? Because is the Aramaic translation of Saviv. Surrounding. means my heart is surrounded. Why? Because comes from the language round and round. Chapter 1. The, the glow was surrounding him. The brightness was surrounding him. And what did it say over there in the Tagum? And it says over there in the Aramaic translation that Sechor Sechor. Saviv is Sechor Sechor. It is round and round. Meaning Noga was round and rounded. Why? Because because Noga represents the language, of the Aramaic language of Tagum. The Noga, the, the, this level is symbolic of this of this um or it's the aspect of this uh language called aramaic which we uh we 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 read the torah every single friday once in aramaic why in order to repair that that uh that husk so that we can turn it into purity because by default of reading the torah on friday and this is what we saw in lesson 19 of the go back over there lesson 19 we talked about how talgum the aramaic uh language is uh klipat noga it, it, it is within that realm. And the goal is to try to transform that Aramaic language, which are which is above all the other languages of the world, and to transform it into purity. And how do we do that? Every Friday we read the entire Torah portion, the weekly Torah portion, um, twice in Hebrew and once in Aramaic, to elevate the language, to elevate that level. Kamubad is brought down um, in Lesson 19 of the Ketemar. This is why David Amalek writes, My heart is dazed. And he writes it in Tagum, in the Aramaic language, because this is the idea. Um, it's this idea that the Korban Ola is meant to repair those thoughts, those bad thoughts of the heart. And um, those bad thoughts is where this Klipat Noga is. Therefore, when a person falls into those places, those filthy places, meaning that Klipa of Noga, and he falls into those doubts, into the into the places of filth. And therefore, he requests and he asks, he seeks out and he screams from that place. Where is the glory of God? This in itself is the rectification. Because he returns back to that supernal glory, which is what we call ayeh. And we said above, and this is as we said above. The aspect of the burnt sacrifice. Bechinat ve'ayeh hasel leola. As it says in Bereshit chapter twenty-two, when Avraham Avinu is about to sacrifice his son, what does Yitzchak say on the way to being sacrificed? Yitzchak asks his father, "Ve'ayeh hasel leola, where is the lamb for slaughter for the burnt offering?" Go to Parpara lechokma. Rabbi Nachman Mitcherin he explains the most beautiful thing, how this in itself of ve'ayeh hasel leola was Yitzchak falling into this place of doubt and confusions. Yitzchak went into a fall. He went into a descent. Why? Because he asked his father. He had a lack of... Uh, 
just a tiniest, tiniest lack of emunah, or whatever it was, we can't even understand the fall that Yitzchak went through. But it was a fall, because Yitzchak knew that he needed to be sacrificed, and yet he still asked his father, where's the, where's the lamb for slaughter? Meaning he didn't completely believe it. So, um, this was the fall of Yitzchak. It was a fall. Yitzchak asked the Ayah, where is the lamb for slaughter? But what's he saying? Ayah, the aspect of Ayah is the aspect of Korban Ola. As we see in the verse, meaning what? Meaning the word Ayah, where, when you ask where from your descent, where is God? This is the aspect of the, the, the lamb for the slaughter. Meaning this is what we call Korban Ola. To rectify and to atone for the thoughts of the, the heart. Meaning when a person falls into bad thoughts, into lack of clarity, that this is what, this is why the Qurban Ola repairs, because Qurban Ola is the aspect of Ayyeh. As we see in the verse, Ayyeh Hasele Ola. That the, the lamb for slaughter is what we call Ayyeh. Sheba Mekomot Amitulafim Kanal. That, um, um, that those immoral thoughts stem from those filthy places. And this is why the, the lamb um, that is brought for the Qurban Ola is meant to rectify those thoughts and rectify those descents, whether it's filthy or whether even it's a small descent. Uh, because from the asking, or through the aspect of asking, where? Where is God's, where's the place of God's glory? You're able to rectify and to ascend from that filthy place, from that descent. This is why it's brought down in Tikkun Ezoach. Bereshit, take the word Bereshit, it's a play on the words Baratayish. He created a he goat. Meaning what? That when God created the world, Bereshit, Baratayish, he created the goat, the ram of Yitzchak. He created that ram that Yitzchak was talking about. Danu meaning that lamb for slaughter. That lamb which was meant to be brought up as a burnt offering. Which is created through the asking of Ayeh. Which is the aspect of Bereshit. The concealed saying. Meaning within Bereshit we have already the aspect of Ayeh. We see the word Ayeh in there. Why? Because Bereshit is Baratayish. The, the ram of Yitzhak. And we see that Yitzhak was asking the Ayeh That same say, that lamb that Yitzhak was asking is already hinted in the word Bereshit. Baratayish. Look how Rabbeinu ties this all together. It's amazing. And this is the aspect of Teshuvah. Because this is the essence of returning to God. When a, person, when a person is seeking out and searching after God's glory, and he sees within himself that he's far from God's glory. And he yearns, and he asks, and he asks in pain, He's suffering and he's asking Hashem, where is God's glory? This in itself is his tshuva and his rectification. The main thing Hashem wants you to do is to ask, where are you? Rabbeinu says, understand these words very well because we're explaining the secret of life. This is a secret. This is the ultimate secret. And it's no wonder what Rabbeinu says, each and every person has to study this. And there are many other words to be said about this. 
Because when a person goes on this journey, and by the way, there's so many allusions to the story of the lost princess. When a man goes on this journey, as Rabbeinu starts the story of the lost princess, on the journey, on the road, I told the story. That anyone who heard this story had a thought of repentance. And that story is this entire journey of what we're talking about right here. It's a very, very special story. It's a story of each and every person's uh, journey in this world. I recommend it with all my koach, with all whatever strength I do have, <laughs> to go read that story. Because behemet, it, it's life-changing. So there's many words to be said because when a person walks on this journey, when he walks on spiritual paths, then the Torah walks before him. Chapter 6. When, when you walk, it will guide you. The Torah will guide you when you walk. Because there's many aspects with regard to this. Because each and every person according to the Torah that he has guiding him. And before each and every Torah that, that guides a person, before there's this Torah that guides you, there are, sorry, I skipped. Before there's this Torah that guides you, Rabbeinu says there's doubts that you have to come across first. For example, when you want to create novel ideas in Torah, that before you um, you create these novelties, there are many doubts and confusions before you elucidate and clarify the, the matter properly. And these doubts are the aspect of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. What we call Klipat Noga. This is the aspect of Noga. But when you, re- when you reach the Torah in itself, this is the tree of life. This is the aspect of the tree of life. But before the tree of life, you have to go to the tree of good and evil, the tree of knowledge, which possesses both this good and this evil, this lack of this clarity. And Rabbeinu is teaching us the key here, that before you have any clarity in your life, before you become a person of understanding in this world, you have to go through doubts. And that's all the time. Because if you're going from level to level, you have to encounter places which are very dark, and Rabbeinu is saying, you have to encounter hastara, you have to encounter concealment. You have to encounter places, you have to go through places which, which, which there's tremendous doubts over there and lack of clarity and confusion and all these thoughts over there that you have no idea what to do with your life, etc. Each and every person knows this within his heart. For example, there are times when a person is lacking a job, a panasa, or when a person is trying to find a wife and he's confused. Whatever it is, when a person is trying to get to the next level in Avodat Hashem, but he's still hit with all these doubts. Whatever it may be, Rabbanu is telling us that this stuff is necessary. Because you cannot go through the journey of life without coming across these doubts first, before you receive and before you reach the Torah, which is the, which is the clarity, which is the light at the end of the tunnel. Rabbanu is telling us there's no such thing as a perfect life. And better, better get comfortable with the descent. And Rabbeinu is teaching us how to be a master of the descent. Because this is the key for anyone who wants to grow in Avodat Hashem. A person needs this lesson. Rabbeinu added applicable ideas to that which we said above. And this is the aspect of what, we, of what is mentioned. If a person 
If a person asks you, where is your God? Respond back to him saying, in the great city of Rome. This is brought down in the Gemara Ta'anit, in the Yerushalmi, Perik Aleph, chapter 1. Shegam Sham, that, why? Rabbi is going to explain that. Also over there in Rome, Shemle'im Girulim which is filled with graven images and idol worship, meaning it's a place of filth. Over there, God is concealed as well. God is in concealment. Meaning the aspect of ayeh. That, meaning, when a person asks you, where is your God? You should tell him specifically in the great city of Rome. Now, Rabbi is going to explain. The main idea is this. When you fall into those filthy places, God forbid. Then when you fall into those places, then you begin to, to seek out God and ask. Where is the place of His glory? With this, you bring yourself to life with holy vitality. Because the life force of the evil, of the evil, um, the vitality of the evil forces only comes from hastara, from the concealment. The life force of the evil, of the um, the evil forces and the, these husks is only from that which God has concealed in the utmost concealment. That's where they receive their life force, from the concealment of Hashem. Until, and literally in the place where nobody knows of Hashem. In that place where nobody thinks God is, that is where the ultimate life force exists to bring life to those evil places. But immediately afterwards, Sorry. When you ask, where is the place of God's glory? Nimtza. The result of it, you create something awesome. By asking of Hashem there, what you're basically making known is that even under all the circumstances, even though it seems God is not there, that you're proving that Hashem is here because of the fact that you ask, where is Hashem? By the fact that you're asking, where is God? You are making known that Hashem is present. Hashem exists. It's just that He's in concealment. This is why we ask, where is God's glory? With this in itself, by asking this question, you bring yourself to life, and you bring yourself life to the place in which you've fallen. Because Ayeh is the aspect of this hidden saying. Ayeh is the, the idea of this hidden saying. Um, that these evil places receive their life force from this, this glory of Ayeh within the hidden saying of Bereshit. It's just that the vitality of these evil forces comes from this concealment. comes from the concealment. But this person who is asking for God within that concealment is actually receiving life force from where? From that um, holy vitality. And it goes all the way and descends all the way into this filthy place. Just by asking and the seeking out and the, the searching for God's glory. Just by searching and really, it's not just because it's, it's, it's a very difficult effort and work. But Rabbi was saying that when you're honest and you really are searching, that you bring yourself to life in those dark places. And afterwards, afterwards, you merit to ascend from there completely, entirely, to holiness in itself. Meaning you begin to um, 
you begin to ascend up to the place in which God's glory is revealed there. Because the essence of holiness is to reveal God's glory. And now Rabban was saying, teaching us how to live in the descents. Blessed is God forever. Amen and Amen. This Torah, and also the Torah which starts with of, um, of the Torah, those who boast themselves. And um, all that which was said on the road, for example, it was asked, etc. All those lessons, which we're going to, um, um, lesson 15, as we're going to see, and the lesson 16, um, and this lesson, so lesson 12, 15, and 16, all these three lessons, um, all these lessons are one they're tied to one another and they're concealed and hidden within the words of the sages in the Gemara Shabbat page 77 within the awesome story that is mentioned over there that when Rabbi Zera asked Rabbi Yehuda when Rabbi Yehuda's was in a was in a was in a good mood, in a jovial mood, in a humorous mood. That Rabbi Zira asked him, that and uh, Rabbi, sorry, that Rabbi that Rabbi Zira would ask him anything, and Rabbi Yehuda would answer about anything that he had asked, anything in the world. That when Rabbi Yehuda was in a jo- in a joyous mood, he would answer all the questions of Rabbi Zira. And Rabbi Zera asked Rabbi Yehuda many different types of questions. And they are very odd and wondrous questions. Okay, going for example, my time at Torah Why do why does the ox have such a long tail? My time at Another question that Rabbi Zera asked Rabbi Yehuda was, um, why does the uh, lower eyelid of the Tarnegor of the rooster close upward? And all the questions that Rabbi Zera asked over there in the Gemara are very wondrous and great questions. And over there in these questions are hidden all these ideas. They're all the same idea of what we talked about. And that which we mentioned above in Lesson 10 of Likutim Oran Tinyana, the lesson that we talked about, uh, the world of freedom and joy. Um, that which we talked about over there in that lesson is also applicable to what we're talking about here. And it's also hinted within the, the sayings of the sages in the Gemara Shabbat um, that we brought, that were bringing down of Rabbi Zera and Rabbi Yehuda. That was said when Rabbi Zera was asking all these questions Rabbi Yehuda when he was in a joyous mood. Also the ideas which are brought upon the uh, in this lesson of Ayeh, are hinted within the, the stories of the Gemara Shabbat, that it says over there, if he had asked all the questions of the world, he would have answered. If the word means vacated, empty. This is the secret of the vacated space. When God created the world, Hashem, 
was occupying all space. God occupied everything. There was nothing except for God. So in order to create a finite world, in order to create the aspect of free will, he had to vacate himself and to separate himself. And that space in which he separated himself became what we call the Chalal Panuim, which within, it's in that space that he created all the world, all the universes, etc. That, that's what we call the vacated space, Chalal Panuim. That it's as if we can say such a thing, it's rid of godliness over there. Because God vacated himself in that space. But Rabbeinu says, the truth is, it's impossible that God is, is not there. Meaning, God has to be there as well. It's just in a, it's in a great concealment, as we were talking about in this lesson. Because if so, from where does everything in the vacated space receive life force from? If God is not present, then it cannot receive life. So, God must be there. But it's just in great concealment. But this is the aspect that we mentioned above. That the life force, which everything from the vacated space receives, is from the aspect of the hidden saying, from the word Bereshit. That which is also brought above or further on with the aspect of fear, and we know Bereshit, it's from the word Shabbat, fear Shabbat. That uh, explanation of Yir'ah, fear, Yare Shabbat, is also applicable to that which we are saying in this lesson. Because each and every fear has a, a saying associated with it. And there is a saying that encompasses all of them, as we had talked about above. That which we explain further on with regard to the idea of Hashkacha, of providence is also applicable to that which we are saying here. Al-Agada Hanal is also applicable to the, the stories of Gemara Shabbat. With the question Rabbi Zera asked uh, Rabbi Huda that why does the Tarnegol, the rooster, uh, lower, why does its lower eyelid close upward? And Rabbi Nathan said we did not merit to listen to the explanation of all of these things. But Baruch Hashem, um, we merited greatly to attain this lesson with whatever small ability we have that we that we had the ability to to sit down and to to read the words of this most awesome um, Torah. May we have the merit to put into practice and to truly live by it all our days. Amen.